This is a Saddleback Church podcast. And today we're specifically focusing on the events that happened in our community this past week. And I do know in our church there are people that are at a lot of different places in their journey spiritually. Maybe for some of you that time of prayer that we just did stretched you. But you know, prayer really is this simple crying out to God. And you can do that in a car, you can do that at work, you can do that at school, you can do it at any moment. It's really just us talking to God. And part of what we're trying to do here in our conversation today is facilitate that conversation. You know, it's interesting how in suffering, in brokenness, in hardship, you know, we all kind of turn our attention to where is God in the midst of all the evil in our world? And while we've had a tragedy in our community, perhaps some of you uh, who are listening online or at one of our other locations, are, you're not in the middle of a tragedy or a crisis. All of us during our life at some point goes through a crisis. Sometimes crisis is localized to our family and something we walk through. Sometimes it's a community crisis, but crisis, brokenness, and pain is a part of the human experience. And in the pain, there's so many questions that oftentimes are in our hearts, questions about God, questions about life, questions about death, and sometimes those questions remain unanswered. And I've found even in my own journey that there are a lot of times I have questions for God that God doesn't resolve. In fact, sometimes there are times where I walk through difficulty and I'm still wondering, but one of the things I've found to be true in the unanswered questions that God makes himself near, he is near in the midst of pain, and his comfort shows up. C.S. Lewis, a writer, once said that pain is a megaphone through which God speaks into our lives. And I've also witnessed so many people in pain and brokenness. I've watched some people be pushed further into God, and I've watched some people be pushed away from God. And I think a lot of times it it comes back to our perspective on pain. Sometimes we, we erroneously think, well, if I follow Jesus or if I do this whole God thing, that maybe I shouldn't have pain in my life. And then there are other times where we're fed these messages, like if I could just move past the pain, past the grief, get over it, but then we don't allow our souls or our hearts the opportunity to grieve and to walk through the loss. And so today what I want to do is, I, I don't think I'll be able to answer all the questions that we have about grief, about darkness, about evil, but what I want to do is I want to give some hope. And I want to give some of God's words to you in the midst of the darkness, See, God, all throughout the Bible, promises to us what he does in our brokenness. He gives us a clue of his his promise to give the kind of hope we need, the light we need to persevere through the difficulty. And I love these words from Paul from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. I want to encourage you to write down that phrase, the source of hope. Paul describes God as the source of hope. God is the source of everything that we need, from provision to peace, and he's the source of hope. And sometimes we're looking to all the wrong places, all the wrong things for our hope. But Paul says when we look to God for hope, there's a peace, there's actually a joy that's beyond circumstances that we have. And then he says when we do this, we'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And today what I want to look at is I want to look at three of God's promises to us in the brokenness, in the darkness that give hope to our lives to experience him 
is the source of hope. Now, this message was written on Saturday morning, so there's no printed outline for those of you who love printed outlines, but you can take notes. There's a place where you can just write down these three promises from God. And the first one is a promise that God makes throughout the scriptures, and it's a promise that he says, I will not or I won't waste your pain. And I find this to be so helpful to know that every time I walk through some form of difficulty, whether it's a relational challenge or a sickness or a tragedy, that all of these things that I walk through, all of the, the difficulty in life, that God is able to take that difficulty and somehow use it for good in my life and in the life of others. In Genesis chapter 50 in the Old Testament, some of you may be familiar with the story Joseph has a dream from God that he's gonna be a leader and all of his brothers are gonna bow down to him. And he shares this dream with them and when he shares it, they're jealous. And they actually decide they wanna try to kill him and they throw him into a pit thinking that he's dead and then eventually they sell him into slavery and he goes from Israel to Egypt. And when he gets to Egypt, after a course of events, Joseph is thrown into a prison and spends over a decade there in the darkness, he's walking through prison, and at the end of that period of time, God fulfills the promise that he originally made that he would be a leader and his brothers would bow down to him. And Joseph is promoted to second in command in Egypt while his brothers are over in Israel in a famine. So in order to get food, they travel to Egypt, and when they get there, they find out, they discover, after not seeing Joseph for over a decade, they discover Joseph is now this great leader. Of the, of the Egyptians, he's second in command. And they're wondering if Joseph is going to kill them. And Joseph makes these, says these few words, and I want you to hear his words because they're a narrative for how God uses the evil or the brokenness for good. He says, for you, to his brothers, he says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And somehow in the famine for the Israelites, somehow in the evil of Joseph's brother, his God was taking all of that evil and using it for good. And you can see this throughout the painful circumstances that we walked through. This week on Friday night, we had the prayer service where the community gathered together and individuals who specifically lost a family member joined us and you could see people mending relationships and hugging and crying together and God bringing people together. And I've witnessed it over and over and over again. God somehow is able to bring purpose out of the pain. He's able to use it for good in our lives and this confidence gives us strength to know what you're walking through will not be wasted if it's brought to God. Romans 8, 28, Paul says, we know, and notice there's a confidence in this, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And what he's saying is that God is able to take all of the things in our life that are not the way that they're supposed to be, and when they're brought to him, somehow he's able to turn it for good in our lives. But there's a choice that we have to make and the choice that we have to make is if we're going to bring that thing to God or we're gonna to try to fix it on our own. And I think a lot of times the perspective for us, like maybe there's been a moment where you've cut yourself and you put some Neosporin and a Band-Aid on your arm and within a couple of days that, that cut's healed. 
But then there are moments where in your life there's something that happens, there's an injury or something that happens. If you don't go to the doctor, that injury, if it's not treated and cleaned out, could cause infection. It could actually be the thing that puts you in a hospital. And sometimes in this choice, when it comes to pain, we think, well, I'll just fix it on my own. I'll get through it and I'll, I'll be better. But the invitation from God is when I bring my pain to God, God is able to transform it. Now, there's a powerful truth I've heard before that's been so helpful for me. The things in my life, the pain in my life that does not get transformed eventually gets transmitted. So often you meet people that throughout the course of their life, their pain is making them bitter instead of making them into a more loving and kind person. And it's the people who bring that pain to God that God is able to transform that pain for their good and transform that pain for purpose. God promises to us, he says, all of your pain, I will not waste it if you'll bring it to me. The second promise that God makes is that I will be with you in it. In the midst of the brokenness, I will walk through the journey with you. Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18 says, when the righteous cry to God for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles, and the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Friends, this is good news that God is near in our pain. God is near in our brokenness and is able to bring his restoration and deliverance through his presence of doing life with us. Psalm 23, this great famous psalm, King David the shepherd who would lead his sheep through a valley was familiar with dark valleys. And when he would walk through a valley, he had to deal with the uncertainty of wolves that would be around his sheep. He knew what it was like to be in darkness. And he makes this statement about the journey of life. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, the promise I hold to, the thing I cling to that helps me fear no evil is that you, God, are with me in the darkness. You, God, are with me in the evil. You, God, are with me in the brokenness. And that promise gives comfort to our soul to know that we don't have to walk through it alone. You know, the great tragedy, I think, one of the great tragedies in COVID was the thousands of people that died or were isolated in a hospital room all alone. No, nobody there around them. Just beyond the walls oftentimes would be family members praying. And that isolation, what it does to the human soul, the, the emptiness that we experience. But the promise of God is that you, you can be in the darkest valley physically alone by yourself and I will be with you, he says. This is the promise that God makes more than any other promise in the Bible. It is I will be with you. And so often when it comes to our understanding this journey with Jesus, sometimes there's, there's so much that we talk about the death, life after death, and that's important, and we're gonna talk about that in a moment. But one of the greatest offers that God makes to us in our relationship with him and the journey with Jesus is that we can do life with God right now with his presence. We don't have to do life apart from God. When my kids were little, they're 16, 14, and nine, so this doesn't happen as much now. But when they were little, oftentimes they'd have night terrors and they'd come into Stacy and I's bedroom and they would want us to like, you know, help them and so we'd pray for them and send them back to their bedroom and then like five minutes later they'd come back and you'd pray for them again and 
They'd go back to their bedroom, and after about five times, you're like, I just want some sleep. And so as a parent, what do you do at that point? You say, just lay on the floor right here next to the bed. And so we would make a little pallet, and the kids would lay down on the bed, or lay down on the floor right next to the bed. And within 10 minutes, the kids would be asleep. And the reason they would fall asleep so quickly is because that they were in the presence of mom and dad, and there was something about being with us that helped them in the pain, that helped them in the darkness. I wanna encourage you today that you can cry out to God no matter where you are in your journey spiritually. You can cry out to God and he will come near. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If you seek him, you will find him. And he is, he is not hiding from you. He is wanting to do life with you. And I think it's also kind of crazy to think about how often in our lives in significant relationships, we, we kind of do life alongside of one another but not together. Like you, I'm sure this never happens for any of your families, but sometimes in my family, we'll all be together and everybody's on a phone trying to eat a meal, nobody's talking to each other, and you're like, okay, where, where's the connection here? All the things that were made to help us connect are not connecting with each other. And sometimes in life, we're, we're, we're like that in our journey spiritually. It's, it's like we're with God in the same house, but we're not experiencing his presence. And I wanna encourage you today to, to turn your attention to God and to call on him for help in the midst of your pain, to let him enter into that, to heal it and transform it, but then to walk through it with you to give you the strength that you need. He says to you, he says to us, I will be with you. You can have confidence that I will actually redeem your pain. You can have confidence that I will be with you. It's my promise to you. And then thirdly, the promise, he says, is I am coming again. And what this means is that in this life, we'll have trouble. In this life, we'll have struggle. But we can have confidence that this life is not all that there is. That there's, there's a moment where this life will end. And our hearts will stop beating and we'll stop breathing and every person will die physically in this life. But the offer that Jesus makes is an invitation to eternal life. And when we understand eternal life, it changes the way that we grieve. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says this. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Now notice that Paul doesn't say so that you will not grieve. Grief is a part of loss. Grief is what happens when you lose somebody you love or lose something you deeply care about. And that grief comes into our souls, but Paul says there can be a kind of grief that comes with hope. And the reason that grief comes with hope, he says, since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, when he comes back, God will bring with him the believers who have died. So what he's saying is that there's a moment where you stop breathing. There's a moment where your heart stops beating. There's a moment where you go from this life to the next. And eternal life is this invitation from God to do life with him that starts now and goes for all eternity. This is so important for us to understand the message of Jesus about eternal life. The, the promise that God makes to us is this. I want you to write it down. Once life with God begins, it never ends. Now this is so important 
The moment that you make a decision to open your heart to God, to do life with God, the moment that life with God begins, the promise from God is that it never ends. So when Jesus makes a statement, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Is Jesus talking about physical death? And what Jesus is saying is the moment that you, you stop breathing, the moment your heart stops beating, in that moment you, you move from this life to the next, but you're that your soul, your spirit is caught up with God. He's returning for you. Some of us will experience his return when he comes back physically. Others will experience his return before that when we die physically in this life and we're caught up into eternity with him. The promise from God is that you, if you are in Christ and have relationship with God, in eternity you will be with him. And once that life with God begins, it never ends. And how important this is for our hope, that if it's only for this life that we have hope, Paul says, we're to be pitied more than all people. And I wanna ask you today, have you ever received that eternal life from God into your heart? Have you ever taken that step to put your trust in him to do life with God? He's inviting you today. He's saying to you, you can have confidence that at the end of this pain and sorrow, in this life, you'll be with me for all eternity, and that life can start now and continue forever. Now, this brings up a really significant question I wrestled through. Like, in the evil, why don't you just end it, God? Like, why don't you just stop all the suffering in our world right now? And Peter, the early follower of Jesus, listen to his words. He says, the Lord is not slow. He answers this. He says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise is some of us understand slowness. In fact, the promise he's talking about is the return of Jesus. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And what he is saying is the reason that Jesus hasn't returned is because there are still people that God wants to know his heart. And I believe there are some of those people listening to my voice right now. That God is delaying his return so that you can experience this promise of eternal life and his return can fill your soul with hope. I wanna ask you, do you know that you have a relationship with God? Today perhaps could be that moment that you receive that gift from God of relationship with him. Now again, the question that I, I think still looms for us is the question on all three of these promises, how do I fully experience or activate the promise of God in my life? Because I'm, I'm guessing if you're here in church physically or watching online, you're, you're here because you, you want something to do with this God. Like you're, you're on a journey trying to figure out who God is. Some of you are committed, others of you, you're exploring, but there's something inside of you that, that wants answers to the God questions and wants to know God and you, you deeply want life with God, you want God to change your pain and you wanna have confidence of eternity with God but the question is, how do I experience God's promises in my life? And I wanna read just a couple of verses over you as we conclude our time. In 2 Corinthians chapter four, Paul says, he is writing and he's talking about his pain, he's one who almost lost his life, and in chapter one of Corinthians, he's talking about how he almost died, 
And the sentence was so bad on him, he thought his life was going to be over. And he's trying to encourage the believers who are suffering. And he says this, he says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies physically are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. So on the inside, there's a renewal that's happening, even though on the outside, our bodies are decaying. For our present troubles are small. Now, I want to stop for just a moment and ask Paul real quickly, Paul, how, how can you say our struggles are small? Like, isn't there something that seems so unjust about this statement that, like, Paul, I know people that lost a baby prematurely. I know, I know people who have lost a spouse to cancer way too soon. I know so much pain and suffering in this world. How can you so flippantly say your present struggle is small? And Paul can only say this if it's in light of eternity that that struggle is seen. And notice what he says. These troubles are small and they won't last very long in light of eternity. Yet they are producing the pain you are experiencing is producing and preparing you for a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last for all eternity. So in this moment, the training of my eyes, he says, we don't look at the trouble we can see now, but we lift our gaze, we fix our vision, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen in the physical realms. For the things that we see, this life physically will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. And the invitation is in the pain, in the sorrow, in the suffering, is to fix your eyes on Jesus. It's to come to the reality of his existence, his death, burial, and resurrection. His presence that is here in this moment is to train your eyes and to train your heart to fix your focus on Jesus. Now this is so hard to understand, right? Like how do I focus on a God that I cannot see? And it reminds me of a couple years ago when Stacy turned 40, for her 40th birthday she decided she wanted to run an ultra marathon. And now this was kind of funny because uh, I said, well I'll run a marathon with you and I'll train until you get to 26 miles and then you can train a little longer and get to 40 miles and she kept going but on the day that we ran the marathon together the whole day I'm like complaining I'm in pain I'm a verbal processor so I'm like I'm in pain you in pain and she'd be like no I'm not I'd be like okay I'm weak um, <laughs> we all know that women have a higher tolerance than men do for pain but on the day when she ran her 40 miles I said hey I'll run the last four with you and she said, that's fine, just don't complain the last four miles. Because at that point, I'll have done 36, so I don't want to hear any griping from you. And she had marked this 10-mile loop around our house where we lived at the time. And there was a moment where she came back in. She was at 36 miles. And when she walked in, she was so flat, exhausted, and she was in so much pain. And I remember just taking my hands and putting them on her face, and you can see picture here and I looked into her eyes and I said you cannot quit now you have endured so much pain to get to this point and even if I have to put you on my back I will carry you these last four miles and I will not complain at all the whole time and in that moment I could feel the courage rise up in her 
she ran those last four miles. There was a group of about 100 of our friends waiting for her at the finish line. And there's something so powerful about that image. I believe that God is coming to you today and he's putting his hands on your face and he is saying, I am, I am with you in this pain. And even if I have to carry you at times, I will carry you, but you cannot quit now. You've gone through too much and all of this pain is being redeemed, but there's a finish line ahead of you and I wanna encourage you to fix your eyes on that line. Jesus was so familiar with pain. The message of Jesus is so confusing to our minds because you know, oftentimes the American dream gets convoluted with the message of Jesus. Really, Jesus in the end was crucified. He died as a suffering servant and then after being placed into a grave, came forth victoriously and is alive today. And in Isaiah chapter 53, there's a statement about Jesus' familiarity with pain and how he can understand what we're walking through. It says this, it's a prophecy about Jesus hundreds of years. It says, before he came as the Messiah, pro he's prophesying Jesus coming, and it says he was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. And today I hope you can hear that. His voice to you would be, I know. I know the pain you're feeling. I know how hard it is. I know what it's like to lose somebody you love. I know what it's like to walk through tragedy. He's familiar with your pain. He's like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. And surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. So he stretched out his arms on a cross and had nails in his hands. He had a crown of thorns in his head. He was beaten across his back by soldiers. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought and brings us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. And this is the message of Jesus. He suffered so that he could enter into the human experience so that we don't have to do life alone. I'm so grateful today that we have a God who understands our pain, who transforms that pain, walks through it, and because he went through death and resurrected from the dead, that we can have confidence that he will return again. And I know that there are some of you that you don't have that confidence today, and you're doing life apart from God. And there's an invitation to do life with God right now in this moment. I wanna ask you, I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you to receive this invitation from God to do life with him. I'd like to invite you to bow your heads for just a moment. And if you are here today or you're joining online and you're just kind of on this journey spiritually, not really sure if you know God, not really sure if you're doing life with him, but there's something inside of you that is stirring to say, I want to do life with God. You can take that step right now in this moment. And to do so, I want to invite you to pray a prayer in your heart. And in that moment, you're beginning this journey with Jesus at a whole new level. And you can say to him, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe 
that you conquered the grave. And I want to do life with you. I want to ask you to come in and change me. I want to ask that you'd forgive me for my sins and brokenness. And ask that you'd heal me from the inside out. And today, if that's you, if you are saying, I want to do life with God, I want to surrender, I want to follow him. Count of three across our room, I just want to ask you to slip up your hand as a way of saying, today I want to do life with God. I want to begin that journey with Jesus. One, two, three. Just slip your hands up today. Anybody who's saying so we can see. I see multiple people. Anybody else today saying, I want to do life with God. I want to journey with Jesus. God, we thank you today for those who are making decisions to journey with you, to do life with you. And I pray, God, that you would help us walk, walk through this experience of life in the brokenness with you, not alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this weekend message from Saddleback Church. If you like this, please consider leaving a rating or review for this podcast. The Saddleback Church Weekend Message Podcast is a part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Visit saddleback.com slash podcasts or search for Saddleback Church in your favorite podcasting app to see more great podcasts from Saddleback. For more weekend message resources, visit saddleback.com slash message resources.